collaborative team development. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn Gregory, and you're on Gut Plus Science, a mentoring platform for people-first leaders of all levels. Here, we talk to exceptional leaders who prioritize culture, get fired up about employee engagement, and are excited to share ideas and tools for bettering employee experience to help others. Thank you for joining us to invest in being a better leader. Now, let's get to it. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, it's Nikki. And one of my favorite parts of hosting this podcast is when I get to learn something brand new, like never heard of this before. The topic is collaborative team development, or for short, CTD. It's a model that provides clarity, propels employee engagement, and yields results on our teams. I love all three of these. Prajal PJ Gatjack is the CEO of OnLoop, and he's with me today. Their team at OnLoop is focused on thoughtful and productive leadership, ultimately thoughtful and productive work experiences. You're going to eat up all of this that we're going to learn in this episode. Let's go ahead and grab Prajal. Prajal, welcome to Gut Plus Science. You and your team are passionate about advancing people at work, my favorite companies to learn about. And you also are working on advancing these business outcomes as well through the model of collaborative team development or CTD. I spent some time after talking with you prior, learning about this and see that it is something that's out there in this world. And I'm just really excited to learn more about it, but also why your company on loop and your model has really latched onto this. So if you want to kick off by just sharing the background of why CTD is just in the DNA of on loop. Sure. Thank you for having me, Nikki. It's great to be here. I founded our company on loop in 2020. And prior to that had spent many years as a leader, most recently at Uber for close to four years in a variety of different roles. I think any leader who's done what they've done for a while, understand that their people are their greatest asset. And optimizing your team for high performance is what a lot of us are paid to do. And I was deeply disillusioned by the practices that I had experienced in my leadership roles in how to develop high performance teams. And so when I left Uber, we decided to rethink a lot of the processes that companies use to elicit or inspire high performance. And through that work, really the framework of collaborative team development was born, and I'm happy to share more about it. But it was largely my personal frustrations as a leader where I felt practices like performance management or other traditional approaches to learning and development were just not inspiring high performance in the teams that I was running and a decision to rethink that from scratch. Wonderful. Before we go into the visual representation of CTD, when you think high performance, a high performance company, a high performing team, like, can you define that for us? The term I use quite often is sustainably optimized performance. It's the pursuit of helping each individual achieve their full potential on an ongoing basis, and then having the stamina and energy for being able to do it for long amounts of time. Because if they're able to do it for a couple of months and then they completely burn out, that's not high performance. And that's not what we should be aspiring to. So it very much needs to be optimized on a dynamic basis and then then be sustainable for a long time. The other framework that I use a little bit in our organization 
to define culture is what I call being hardcore less human. And any pursuit of high performance is not easy. People who've excelled in sport or climb mountains or done other pursuits know that it's not easy at all times. And therefore, it's important to be hardcore instead of achieving that outcome. But at the same time, we are human and we need to treat each other with respect and sort of make that sustainable. So good. And who doesn't want to achieve their full potential on an ongoing basis through the ups and downs, the seasons of business and life? So absolutely excited to dig into this. I think we had talked before and you shared a visual. We're on audio right now. Let's give people a visual of that pyramid that you shared that kind of gives the overview of a collaborative team development. Sure. And we can obviously share the visual in the show notes or in the links. But as we went about our work, we realized there are really five layers to high performance. And those five layers are very much hierarchical, whereby things at the base of the pyramid are not in place. The stuff that's towards the top is less relevant, similar to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If people don't have enough food and shelter, self-actualization is actually not a priority. And so the first base layer of that pyramid is well-being or productive capacity. So how much productive capacity does an individual have? And sometimes productive capacity can be lowered by happenings in the workplace or outside the workplace. If someone loses a loved one or has a flood in their home, that's going to affect how much work you can get done or at what level you can perform. And understanding that base level capacity is very important for a manager to then understand how to sort of bring out the best in a team member. The next layer on top of that, and often that is about 40% of high performance, is does each team member have clarity on the goals that they're working towards? And, and unfortunately, a lot of frameworks in businesses like OKRs or KPIs have taken a very top-down approach to goals. And that has meant that companies might have clarity on what they're working towards, but often the individual does not know actually what they can do today or this week to really further the business forward. And we think about goals in terms of either a target that is easiest to understand, that might be hitting a certain revenue number, or it might be writing certain lines of code. But more importantly, a lot of work, especially knowledge work, gets done in the form of projects. And it's important to be tracking those projects and understanding what projects are high priority. And then thirdly, we're also all the time trying to get better at things and building skills. And so targets, projects, and skills are what we consider goals. And it's very important for each person to understand dynamically what is the right set of priorities to be focused on at any one time. So, so those two first layers make up what I would say 60% of high performance. The next two layers, which make up about 30%, are very important feedback layers. So the first layer around celebratory or recognition feedback, and people often associate feedback with just constructive feedback, but actually celebratory or recognition feedback is even more important than improvement feedback for each person to understand what their superpowers are and have both a language as well as a deep understanding of what are the three to five things that they do better than anybody else. And then the next layer is improvement feedback to identify blind spots. And we often say that for people to be performing at their optimal, they need to be honing their superpowers and they need to be aware of their blind spots. Because often you may not be able to fix the fact that you're not great at something. So for example, I'm not terribly organized as a human being. And that's been shown by the fact that it's taken us four times to do this recording. Now, 
That means that if for us to make sure the organization is not negatively affected, I need to be aware of it and I need to mitigate for it. And finally, the fifth layer, which is the remaining 10%, is ongoing learning and growth. So based on your goals, based on the skills you're trying to develop, based on the feedback you're receiving, we should be consuming a combination of content or coaching or courses to continuously grow and continuously learn. And each manager's job is to understand at which layer they should be unblocking a team member to unlock performance at that point in time. So for example, if someone's productive capacity is broken, there's no point in giving that person constructive feedback. But if someone's really flying at work, doing really well, crushing all their goals, then giving that person improvement feedback on what they can get better at might be the thing that unlocks the next level. And really, we try to build a framework and a product that assists managers, especially in a hybrid distributed team where managers are not seeing the team members every day, to continuously know where to unblock a team member to achieve greater clarity and greater productivity. Really good. Really good. So for the people that are driving right now, they really appreciate seeing that visual. We'll also link out to be able to dive into that pyramid a little bit more. But I just think it's so powerful that the bottom of the pyramid, and I totally understand why it would be well-being, but I'd love to dig in a little bit because well-being is obviously talked about a lot today. In my world of what we do at People Forward Network and on this show, Gut Plus Science, people first leadership and well-being, those two terms are thrown around a lot. I want to understand your come from on that. Do a little bit of a deeper dive on like, how do you see that maybe differently than some? Like, what is well-being? Yeah, this is actually deeply personal. And in the process of building my startup, my anxiety levels got incredibly bad last year to the point that I started seeing both a therapist and a psychiatrist and was diagnosed with clinical anxiety. And it was very interesting for me to observe in myself that when I was anxious, the impact that had on my performance and productivity. And I realized how critical your mental agility and your mental status to be in a high-performing state. And I think the mistake companies have often made is that they've considered well-being to be something that's soft or something that's optional or something that happens in spare time. But it is so critical to high performance. And therefore, as we went about our work to really define what high performance means in this new hybrid era, whereby we are going through a bit of a mental health crisis where it is harder for people to figure out how to drive clarity in their day-to-day. If you think about a tank of water and how much capacity you have, I see that well-being layer as measuring how much water is there in that tank. And if the water is depleted, it's important to refill that cup before aspiring to levels higher than that base layer. But if that cup is full, then you can go and crush your goals. Yeah, that's so good. And, you know, I had an experience similar to yours with a mental health challenge this past year. And prior to me getting some help to walk through like what's going on and how to handle this, I was becoming like a terrible leader for my people. I was just so stressed out. And I'm like, this isn't me. And then I'm beating myself up even more. And so we had conversations as a team to really understand what it's like to support each other through those times. But it was through that learning lesson of going through it myself. And so I just appreciate you sharing that. And I, you know, I like on these episodes to fight some stigma sometimes or some things that some people like just need a light bulb moment around. And so 
I'm just curious and knowing that you're passionate about this, what do you find that sometimes leaders, they're just really not getting it? What is the message that you'd like to share that maybe is going to help them see that a little bit differently? Because maybe they haven't gone through it, right? And until you go through something, you can't really uh, relate as well. And so I'm just curious, since you're passionate about it, like what is that light bulb moment to shed for some leaders that just need to hear it? The analogy I use a lot is that the brain is also a physical part of your body, but with injuries that are less visible. So when we injure an arm or break a limb, we don't keep running. You go and get it healed before you put it to strenuous exercise. But when we have mental injuries, and that can come through a sense of grief around loss, it can be a reduction in confidence, it can be anxiety around shame, we just power through. And not realizing that injury requires exercise and requires healing. And which is why more and more, I dislike the term mental health because it makes people sound sick versus thinking about it as mental agility or mental fitness and taking care of your mind being the same as going to the gym. That macho leader is very proud to go to the gym, but has shame about going to a therapist. But going to a therapist is going to a personal trainer for your mind in the same way that going to a gym is for the rest of your body. And so more and more, we need to be equating mental fitness to physical fitness. And obviously, there's more research how those are tightly linked to. And think about it as a personal trainer for the brain to ensure that it goes through restoration and goes through stretching to be better. That's so good. And I would be remiss not to call out the mental gym. If you're not familiar with the company, the mental gym, we at our company, People Forward Network, our team leverages the mental gym and has shared that with so many people. We actually gave out the mental gym, a one-time experience for all of our clients as a Christmas gift around that time. We were like, we would love to be able to like gift you the opportunity to come together as a team and work on your mental fitness. So we are huge believers in that as well. I will look it up. Yeah. I would love to dig in just knowing that 60% are the bottom two categories. So I want to go a little bit deeper on clarity. And you talked about goals are targets, projects, and skills. You know, you're working with a lot of companies and where they're sometimes missing the boat on the clarity and really getting to the target so that each person knows here is what I'm here for and how I'm measured. Just give us a little bit of insight on maybe where some leaders are just missing the opportunity to truly be clear. Yeah, we work quite a bit with creative agencies and professional services firms where work is less measurable in the moment that it's getting done. Right. Often you can look back at it and if things go well, measure impact. But often when we look at work only in terms of hard targets, which is often the case in organizations, a couple of things happen. One, you often reward the people who are only measurably hitting certain targets. And they might have hit certain targets, not because they did great work. They might have just got lucky. And there are people who might have done amazing work, but their work might be harder to measure. So for example, in a software company, the people who ensure sort of the infrastructure and reliability of the systems often get overlooked versus the person building the next shiny feature. And that's because the next shiny feature often gets visibility to senior leaders. It's the one that get, gets talked about. 
And that's why often people are chasing those opportunities, but there are often more critical things that need to happen to run businesses. And so what we try to do with our product, and it's been great to see organizations transform from a culture standpoint, rethink how they think about feedback, rethink how they think about recognizing high performance, is looking at targets, projects, and skills holistically so that we are measuring someone's work at the same time. So for example, we now live in a world of AI and machine learning. And if someone on the organization goes and learns prompt engineering for six months and delivers no projects or targets, that actually might be beneficial to the organization much more than someone who's taking care of a short-term target or project. But often that might get missed if we can't collectively look at the body of work that's ongoing. And that's a combination of all three. And what we're seeing in organizations is that often 40% of goals are project goals, often 20, 25% of goals are skill goals, which is helping organizations get a much clearer understanding of where work is happening, where people's time is going in, to then better assess the full body of work and the full body of progress that's happening in the organization. And when we walk up the pyramid to layer three and four, it's really around feedback, the celebratory and recognition or the improvement oriented to find those blind spots. Can you share how collaborative team development nurtures feedback as a habit? Yeah, CTD is obviously a framework. And the way that framework gets delivered in real life is through a mobile-first app that forms habits, as well as sort of what we call the on-loop success program, which is the first quarter when we work with a new customer to really tie habits of feedback with existing habits that already exist in the organization. So, you know, a lot of your listeners have probably read the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, and, and often it talks about the way to form new habits is to stack it against existing habits. Companies might have a stand-up or one-on-ones or all-hands, and the bite-sized, quick, behavioral-based feedback that the product helps deliver is often tied back to those occasions. So even in our company, every all-hands starts with 15 minutes of weekly wins, where there are small celebrates of each other, but each celebrate has to point out with specific behaviors that person exhibited. Because telling someone they're doing a good job is actually quite useless if it's not clear to a person as to what are the three or five things that they did that led to something going really well because that knowledge is very important. So CTD as a framework gives you behavioral tags to make feedback very specific to the behavior that was delivered, either from a celebratory or improvement standpoint. So that's much more tangible for the individual to understand how to grow, and how to move forward. I think that is so powerful. And it just brings me to the importance of the workplace or a community volunteer experience or whatever it is. It's a whole life learning. My husband and I, we used to say something like, for example, I'm so grateful for you. And through some coaching, we did like a program and it was like, share the example of like the food that you prepped. Man, it really helped me to get through my day and my back-to-back meetings. And I'm just so grateful because then it reiterates like, I love if you want to prep food more. And so just thinking about in all areas of our lives, when we're giving compliments and celebrating people, recognizing, adding those specifics is really the meat. So thank you for that. 
I and everyone that listens loves stories. So I'd love if you could share a story or two of companies that Onloop serves that you're just seeing them getting better because of adopting this. Like maybe this is where they were and because they've applied, like here's what's happening. Yeah, so there's a social media agency called Socialized that's based out in Dubai and they're part of the broader We Are Social group and the Plus Company. And they came to us about a year and a half ago when we were first starting to talk about our product around how they were trying to supercharge their organizational performance at a time when there were some leadership changes and they were evolving. And they had come up with a manual approach that sounded a lot like what we were doing. And we can also share more of the show notes in terms of what they've done and specific practices they took. But the biggest compliment I've got from them as an organization is that as a company feared feedback in the past because they were afraid of it and there was both awkwardness and fear around it. But now looking as criticism, they've now rebranded that to feedback as guidance and realizing that unless you receive the feedback around your blind spot, you're actually doing someone a disservice by not sharing it. Because often people feel oh, it's not my place to be sharing this feedback. It's a fear of mine. I don't want them to dislike me. But what they've now realized by building these habits is that when the feedback is not shared, that is when harm is getting done. Because when the feedback is shared, you have now opened up a blind spot for the person. It's really guidance for them. And then they actually took out a press release a few weeks ago that they were the first company in the world to run all of their reviews with our AI-powered summaries. Because what we do with all of the ongoing feedback is that we summarize it at the end into beautifully clustered stories and narratives around each person's performance. And they were then able to run all of their development meetings with those summaries. And for the first time in seven years, they were able to run developing conversations across the whole company at the same time. Because in the past, when it's been manual, Some people do it, some people don't do it. It's unclear what the format and form is. And so they called up the parent company and said, never show us a different product again. We finally cracked this with Onloop and we're never seeing anything else. And you know, they are now our longest standing customer. They talk about us publicly on LinkedIn and in other ways. And you know, I think often you pinch yourself to realize that a couple of years ago, nothing existed. It was brought to life from scratch and sometimes I still struggle with realizing that's true, but I will say that as an entrepreneur, there is nothing more powerful seeing your customers succeed. And that is the ultimate fuel for all of the work and all of the effort. Well, you might have just answered my next question, but just to put a button on this before we head over to a break and then our lightning round, and I wanted to ask if you can lead with really the why behind Onloop and the fire that you see in your team that they really want to help in this way. Just wanted to end on that note. When I was a GM at Uber, there was a specific time in January of 2018 when I was told to go inherit a 50-person team and run calibrations for that team in two weeks' time. And in those two weeks, I saw people sit and write all these reviews. But when we walked into the calibration room, we still made up stuff from scratch. And so there was all of this time taken through a process, but ultimately the decision-making was hugely biased and hugely anxiety-inducing for everyone involved. And that meant that the person who was eloquent or whose manager that was eloquent got the raise or the bonus, not the person who did the best work. And so the mission for us is really to 
bring a level of justice to each person being rewarded or being seen for what they do versus what they say. And I think that a lot of the workplace injustices that exist today is because often we see women, minorities, introverts be less good at having the volume and eloquence around showcasing their work versus often the straight white male in the room. And for us, leveling that playing field by shining the light on the work getting done by everyone is a huge driver for the work that we do. I love it. And I've loved learning about this process and on loop and just wanted to share, you know, as a host, I'm sitting and typing a bunch of notes for takeaways and things in order to help everyone understand why to listen to this. And we just recently did an episode on inspiring leaders to adopt technology fully, change and adoption of new things. You know, maybe you and I, because we live in a lot of tech stuff, we think it's really normal. Like, yeah, you're using technology for all your systems, but it's really not. Like we had an episode recently about the statistics of truly people adopting technology to run and operationalize their people side. And it's slower than you would think. I don't remember the statistic. I have to go back and find it. But I feel like all the notes that I took, we hit on very clearly these things and said them. Here was something that I just want to say, it was unsaid, but I want to share it, is it's so important to have the tools in place to operationalize the journey to optimal team performance or employee engagement or whatever it is. Do you have those tools in place? Because if you don't, you're not doing it best. Just like you shared a couple minutes ago, some of this manual stuff that we think is working, that's not the best way to go, right? And there's so many great tools out there like OnLoop. Obviously, leaders are incredibly busy and introducing any tool or any new approach is change. And ultimately, people only fix the top three problems. And that's the only thing people have time for. And often, what we have to do with prospects and customers is to show that without making that change, you are hurting your organization significantly in achieving those business outcomes. Linking it back to achievement of business outcomes is incredibly important in today's world where we are somewhat recessionary, we are somewhat high inflationary. And so in a world where people are doing layoffs. And so showing how technology or new approaches helps us do more with less often is hugely resounding for leaders to drive that change or drive that adoption because everybody, we saw this at Uber too with Uber Freight, changing how trucking gets done, but trucking is one of these very manual industries. And and if people are set in their ways, they're just not going to change if they don't see the value. Thank you for that. Awesome. This has just been a great conversation. Really appreciate the time. We're going to take a quick break, hear from a sponsor message today, and then we do our quick two-minute lightning round where we'll get to learn just a little bit more about the personal side of you, Prajal. We'll be right back. Shout out to the Talent Talks podcast by Titus. Show host Jonathan Reynolds, CEO of Titus Talent, brings a unique blend of fun, humor, and passion Jonathan's vibrant energy shines through the microphone as he engages with every guest live, creating a captivating synergy. Jonathan collaborates with each guest to delve into topics that empower leaders to make optimal hiring and engagement decisions from a people-first lens. You gotta give this podcast a try. Talent Talks. All right, back on Gut Plus Science and Prajal, it's your turn to do our lightning round where we are growing an ever 
growing recommended reading list. And I think there's like 300 books on there now or something. And we get to add yours. So favorite book of all time or favorite recent read for our leadership audience? Yeah, I recently finished a book called The Messy Middle by Scott Belsky, uh, who now is a chief product officer at Adobe. And it's probably the most relatable book around entrepreneurship that I ever read. And I just felt very understood and felt inspired to know that all of the things we are trying to fix as business owners and leaders is something that everybody goes through. I love that. I've heard of that book and I have not read it. And so I just wrote it down because something you said really resonated. Thank you. All right. So Prajal, what is something that you do, um, you know, free time or in work or whatever that just makes you lose track of time? Yeah. So I love driving and it has always been sort of dreams of racing on track and being a amateur race car driver. The sense of freedom and control that driving gives me very few things to do. And I live in Singapore today, and so I don't get to drive a whole lot. But wherever in the U.S., I, I try and find excuses to drive. And, and there's something special about driving. That's awesome. Have you ever been to the Indy 500? I have not. I've been to a few Formula One Grand Prix. And Singapore does a night street race, which is pretty amazing. And I've also driven sports cars on the inside track of NASCAR in, in Vegas. Oh, that's cool. I just had to throw that in as a born and raised Hoosier. I'm very proud of the Indy 500 track here. It is an epic experience. How about a favorite memory so far made in 2023? I was in China three weeks ago and I was blown away by Shanghai. And it was very, very awe-inspiring of seeing such a large country be so well run. And the Shanghai skyline at night is a sight to see. And so it was my 48th country. I love collecting countries, but Shanghai and how international that city is was definitely something that really stuck with me on a recent trip. How cool. That's awesome. And finally, just as we wrap up, we want to make sure that people know how to get in touch with you, the best way to get in touch and any resource that you might want to reference people to go check out. LinkedIn's probably the best way to get in touch with me. I I read every message that comes through my mailbox. I think if you Google Onloop or you Google my name, Projol or PJ Khatak, you'll find a bunch of other conversations I've had and our website, et cetera. And feel free to read more or get in touch. Obviously, it's a topic that it is my life's work in many ways. And so I'm always very happy to speak about the work we do. Prajal, that was such a great episode breaking down this model of collaborative team development. And I love the illustration of the visual you are giving with the pyramid. We're going to link that out. There's much more to learn about on loop and this model of collaborative team development. And you can see it in the pyramid that we'll link out to. But I love these five layers. So if we look at where does the foundation of the pyramid start? in a healthy way of working and well-being is at the bottom of this pyramid because it creates our productive capacity as we learned, which I just love. Starting with showing up mentally, physically, spiritually in a good place allows us to be able to, then number two, have clarity around the goals and the KPIs that we have And they're easy to understand and we have clarity around them, but we have to be healthy first in order to pursue those goals. So well-being at the bottom, working up into goals and KPIs, number three, 
the power of celebratory feedback, recognition, and making this an all the time thing. I was talking with someone preparing for an episode the other day that had a rant around the lack of recognition in today's world. It feels heavier than before, saying that he had gone three years in a company that he worked at prior with no feedback, no recognition, and just had amazing pay, got these huge bonuses because he was reaching great goals, but no pat on the back, no recognition and celebration just other than a paycheck. And so I love that the CTD model adds in this regular habit of celebratory feedback. And then number four, improvement to help us find our blind spots. We've talked so many times in these episodes about awareness is so key when once we're aware, then we can improve. And the importance of having tools and initiatives to help us find our blind spots so that we can improve. And then number five, and the top of the pyramid is ongoing learning and growth. And I think the key here to challenge all of us is, do we have the next thing scheduled? Do we have reoccurring development? Is the next thing on the calendar? Do we lead people on our team, showing them that this is a priority, not something that's like, when we'll fit it in, if we have some extra money to be able to put towards this. No, this is something that's foundational that helps us to grow and be better. With that, we'll link out to OnLoop more to learn about Prajal and his team and all of their goodness. And we're so excited for what's to come with Prajal jumping in to lead more segments on our network at People Forward Network with their niche at OnLoop is to better lead remote and hybrid teams with what they've learned. So we're going to be airing a lot more segments with Prajal. Very excited for that. Feel free to give him a celebratory shout out about this episode or what's to come. We'll see you next time. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.